Welcome to Fangirl Fridays. I'm Natalie. And I'm Marin. Hi, guys. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Just me. Yeah. Hi, Hi. guys. Oh. And producer Bob. Yes. Yeah, Hi, Bob. Hi, Bob. Um, what's up? How are you? I'm good. Are you still mad at me? <laughs> For calling Dude, you out in the last yeah. episode. So you guys, Natalie was like, you're going to have to, like, do a correction. And I was like, for what? And she was like, Felicity was not on WB. Actually, it was not that aggressive. You were like, I think Felicity yeah, I might have been on ABC. And I was like, no. I'm not that mean unless I know I'm right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so it wasn't. It was on the WB. My recollection But is here's the thing. It was ABC Studios. So we're both right. I mean, Just let it be. Sure. But I you learned a fun fact about Felicity that you yeah. did not know. It was developed by J.J. Abrams? Yeah. What? And it makes sense because— Does it? <laughs> Sorry, continue. Okay. Maybe I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sound <laughs> dumb for a second, but he, did he do the latest Star Wars? Yeah, he did. Okay, uh, yeah. so, just got so I was like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there's a small part in Star Wars uh-huh. that's played by, like— the roommate, like the male roommate in Felicity. And oh, I'm really? like, there's no way he would have gotten this part. If it wasn't. Yeah, if it wasn't for this friendship. <sighs> Who knew? God. Thank goodness for IMDb and just like the internet in general. Yeah. Because it proves us right and it proves us wrong. Um, good and bad. Good and bad. For, for good and bad. So we are continuing our My So-Called Freaks series. Very excited. Um, last week, you know, we talked about why we love these shows and what, you know, some of the characters have in common, like the Jordan Danielle situation. But today we want to get a little more personal and talk about our favorite episodes. And some very special episodes, you know, like after school special <laughs> style. Very special. But first, as always, what are you fangirling over? Um, so obviously my skin's still looking great because of my jade <laughs> roller. I could fangirl over that forever, but I'm not going to. You're not to. allowed. I'm not allowed. Um, so I'm fangirling over... A couple weeks ago, we went to go see um, Allie Wong mm-hmm. uh, do stand-up. Do you know Allie? Yes. Okay, yeah. So she had this awesome Netflix special called Baby Cobra. She's the pregnant woman so on the cover. Pregnant. She was seven months pregnant when she did the stand-up, which was kind of, like, revolutionary. No one has ever done that before, like, done, like, a special. Um, and that was maybe, like, a year ago. So she's had the baby. And the stand-up, it was amazing because we'd seen her a couple times before in L.A. at super, super small venues, like Mm -hmm. where it was like 50 people. And then we went to go see her, and there were like 2,500 people there. It was—people were losing their shit. Um, And she's had the baby, and so it was like very—she just like doesn't give a shit. Like she tells it like it is. She's like five foot nothing, and (laughs) she's just like a badass bitch, and she's so funny, very like uh, crass. Didn't— the night before you saw her, Dave Chappelle open for her? Yeah. Like, I guess they're friends or something. And then he came to see her. And she's like, oh, well, you just jump up for seven minutes. And he did. And everyone in the crowd. <laughs> and someone had to follow Dave Chappelle. Yeah, some poor guy had to follow Dave Chappelle. But she's super, super funny. Like, I maybe don't recommend, like, my mom watches the special it's a little much, maybe, um, but she's super, super funny, and I'm just, like, obsessed with her and want her to, like, be my sage guidance yeah. wisdom for things other well, I mean, than Jade Rollers. She can be. Yeah, I mean, sure. It's possible. <laughs> it's possible. Um, what about you? What are you fangirling over? Okay, so I'm going to fangirl over a show I've been watching for the past couple months. You just looked around like people were listening <laughs> Why to you. I'm always, like, like embarrassed about what I'm fangirling <laughs> it's over. just us. <laughs> it's fine. Like, guilty pleasures aren't even a thing. You just like it. Yeah. It's our life. Our life is one big guilty pleasure. Okay, so a couple months ago, my roommate started watching Nashville, mm-hmm. and I was like, uh, what's this? I can get into this. <laughs> Uh, excuse me, what's that? Yeah, there? I was like around the corner. Uh, what's going on? Hayden Panettiere is doing some drama. Yeah, okay. uh-huh, sure. Uh, but I got heavily into it. I don't like pop country, but I am on board. Why it's do you like, like pop country? I mean, but look why would I? I'm sorry <laughs> right, if you like right. pop country, but yeah. it's a disaster. Not for you. But, but Nashville, for you. It's like 90210 level of drama okay. with the pop country music industry. Okay. Mm-hmm. Connie Britton's being a queen. Hayden Panettiere is being crazy dramatic. Uh-huh. It's amazing. Yeah. It's a beautiful mess. I love it. I finally finished season four. Um, 
of course, the show's like always like, is it gonna get canceled after totally. every season? Yeah. And after season four, it moved from it did AB- get canceled. Yeah, it yeah. moved from ABC and got saved by CMT. Amazing. So now I'm only like four or five episodes behind, uh-huh. but I'm so into it. I love it. Doesn't Nashville have those? Um, they're like those two sisters that yes. have like beautiful uh, angel voices. Lennon and Maisie. Are do you like them names? or do you hate them? I remember them from YouTube since being a YouTube sensation. <laughs> um, they're fine, but Maddie is the oldest girl on the show. Mm. She has gone through a lot in this fourth season, so I kind of hate her. Gotcha. And then I didn't realize they actually like have a huge age gap. Like, the youngest one is 12 now. Oh. So she's, like— She's, like, a baby. Yeah, she's still, like, very short, and, like, the other one's, like, growing up, and it's, there's an interesting dynamic going on between gotcha. the sisters. But they sound like angels. Yeah, they have that blood harmony thing. That what? It's, like, when— <laughs> <laughs> It's when, like, a, you can harmonize with, like, a sibling or, like, someone in uh-huh. your family, and it's beautiful. It's, like, a real term? Yeah. Okay. I believe you. Roger taught it to me, so it's real. I mean, I feel like it's real. Um, okay. Do, is there any other, like, fast food-oriented things you want to uh, fangirl over? Uh, funny that you mentioned that. <laughs> I, I was had... being facetious, but nope. Guys. Arby's. No. No. Not this Whoa. time. Okay. Someone yeah. got me Taco Bell yesterday. So yeah. I work. Thanks, Jackie. Was it and delicious? And um, It was amazing. Wait, it's... like just regular Taco Bell? No. It's, okay. It was a special. It's like some chicken chalupa thing. Okay. But it's basically like a taco shell is chicken. <laughs> It was some magical food that, yeah, the taco shell was like chicken. Like, the chicken was molded as the taco shell, and there were lettuce, tomato, and like sour cream and cheese inside. Was there additional meat on the inside? I don't think so. Okay. Not that I could taste. <laughs> Which is either good or bad. You could yeah. taste it. Um, but it was very good. Is it like a limited item I, at Taco Bell? I would assume. Mm, special. I don't know. Like, for the... February month? I don't know what. President's Day weekend chalupas? I'm sure it's, like, not the healthiest choice for you guys, but if you want to try it, I recommend it. We're into it. Um, all right. Well, on that note, um, should we get should we get into it? As you know, Freaks and Geeks and My So-Called Life had very short lifespans, just one season. But even though there was only one season— it was still really hard to narrow down our favorites, which is what we want to talk about today. We yeah. want to talk about our favorite episodes. And to avoid us talking about each and every episode, we've decided to choose <laughs> like a couple or two or three per show that really stick with us, um, mostly to keep you from listening to us talk about nothing for five hours. I mean, we're thinking about you guys. This yeah. is all about you. Um, okay, so who—do you want to go first you want me to go first? I'll go first. Okay. Okay, so— the episode that comes to mind when I think of Freaks and Geeks mm-hmm. is Carded and Discarded. Okay. Um, the pretty new girl at school befriends Sam and the Geeks, but things change when she starts talking to the popular kids. Lindsay and Nick decide to get fake IDs. That's the synopsis. Um, It's—so Maureen is the girl, the new girl. Can we—hang on. Yeah. Let's talk about Maureen. She's such a big— This is the character I want to be. Like, if you had to be a character, I want to be Maureen. She's, like, friends to the geeks, but she's still, like, kind of cool. Yeah. She has great hair. Yeah. She's super she, pretty. She made, like, a really funny, like, butt joke at the end. And I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah she does. That's, uh-huh. that's who I want to be. But who I am is probably, like, Sam. They also take her to eat unlimited ribs. Which is such a weird, like, where is there an unlimited ribs place? Oh, you can eat ribs. I think I could eat four ribs. Like, it'd be like, oh, let me pay $20. And okay, cool. I got my ribs worth. I don't know. It's very strange. But yeah, she's very nice to the geeks. And like, but only because they're nice to her. Like, again, with people being good on this show, no one else is like jumping up to like say hi to Maureen, the new girl. Like, they're yeah, volunteering. That's true. I don't know. They're lovely. And that's on the geek end, and then on the freak end, mm-hmm. um, they d- the freak end. <laughs> they decide to go to a bar to see a show, uh-huh. but they need fake IDs. Right. So they go to get fake IDs with guest star Jason Schwartzman, which is amazing. Like Slackers era. Yeah. Jason Siegel's also in Slackers. Yes. Uh-huh. But I love Jason Schwartzman, so love this. I just had like a whole wave of emotion about the movie Slackers. <laughs> Devin and Sawa. And like, I love Slackers. 
Let's do it. We'll talk about that later. later. Time out. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so they go to get these fake IDs, and it's like they're in some weird, like, clothing store, and they, this is the guy that's going to help them, and, like, they get the fake IDs, and they're terrible. Yeah. Like, they're like unusable. Different, like, races, ethnicities. Yes. Like, they're wrong. And then so Lindsay n- knows the guy. Weirdly, it's Millie's. It's Millie's cousin. cousin, and so they go to like find him, and he's a total creep. Um, but he he comes through, and he's got that. I feel like this was like how everyone made fake IDs, like in the seventies and eighties. Like he has literally like the template, like blown up, like the life size. Yeah, and you just jump behind and it. Then you just jump behind it and take your photo. But yeah, so they then get their real fake IDs that are legitimate, and they go to this bar. And, what, and what then, of course, Mr. Rosso, the guidance counselor, is, like, the singer of, of this band. band in the bar. <laughs> and he, like, what does he say to the waiter? Like, stop. He's like, like bring them your finest, finest pop. pop. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Which, like, being a Midwest kid, I was like, yay, pop. pop. <laughs> I know. I never know what to say anymore now. I'm like, Coke? I Dr. Pe- like, I'll just call it by name. I have slowly transitioned into saying soda, which kind of makes me sad and, like, a weird yeah. traitor. I do know people that say soda pop, which feels like overkill. Like the Britney Spears song, Soda Pop? Yeah, like, exactly like that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so they're mortified because they had just ordered beers, and then they take the beers away, and then they bring them. And they, they, they still, like, sit through the show, though, which yeah. I love. Why do you love this episode? Honestly, because of Maureen. Like, yeah. I love that there's a person that's nice to everyone, mm-hmm. and that's, like, rare on the show. Yeah, for sure. And I I just love, like, that rocket montage when she comes to, like, see their rockets, and I, it's, like, a very nice time. I have a quote that just says, God, Bill, your rocket's huge. <laughs> and Bill also says, like, Maureen's the kind of person you can cut the cheese in front of. And I'm just like, yeah, that's why I want to be Maureen because be she's funny. Yeah. So if I just, like, ripped one right now, you'd be like, that's cool. I would laugh so hard. Yeah, you would. You love a good <laughs> fart joke. Um, I also enjoy this episode. It's not one of my favorites necessarily, but also it's when we see Joanna Garcia as Vicky. Mm-hmm. And, like, if you guys have been watching TV for the last 20 years, like, you know Joanna Garcia. She just creeps. Reba? Come Reba. on. Yes. Um, Are You Afraid of the Dark? She just creeps up everywhere. Like, she's in she's in every show ever. And she is kind of like a star in your one of your favorite episodes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Which, that's a good transition. Yeah. Should we let's, talk about yeah, that? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So, my—one of my favorite episodes—it's probably my favorite episode of, um, of Freaks and Geeks is Smoochin' and Moochin'. Um, I think I have the description. Yes, I do. So, Cindy breaks up with her boyfriend— and invites Sam to a makeout party. Nick moves in with the weirs. All right, first of all, I I don't want to not talk about Vicky or anything, but yeah. we haven't even touched on Cindy Sanders, and we both are not fans. So were you telling me that there's, like, there are a ton of people on the Internet or just men in general that love Cindy Sanders? Yeah, I knew people that I've heard say, like, Cindy Sanders is so hot. I'm like, ew. ew. She's the worst. And every single episode she in, I, I have a note that's just like, Cindy sucks. Like, ugh, she's, ugh. Oh, it makes me so mad. Yeah, and, when, uh, and, and she's also, you know, this is like what happens at this time. She's like awkwardly taller than Sam, which just like, yeah. she kind of is like looming over him the whole time. I just don't understand why he likes her. Like, I think he only really likes her because she's kind of nice to him and uh, apparently pretty, but she seems very like... Sarah plain and tall to me like I don't yeah. I don't get it maybe that was the look in 1980 but she just bugs but now she's broken up with her like super hot basketball boyfriend who was kind of a jerk who and is in Nashville by the way <laughs> for a very <laughs> short time out? Yeah. like oh my god it's Todd um <laughs> yeah so he they break up and she oh she tells Bill right that she like has a crush on him yeah and then Bill tells Sam and Sam obviously doesn't believe Bill and he's yeah. like are you messing with me like don't be messing with me this is real he's like we will not be friends anymore if you are messing with me but so they they go to this makeout party Sam is invited to the makeout party Bill and Neil are not but he brings <laughs> but them. he brings them they always and they uh, Bill and Neil have an argument of who can wear a turtleneck to the party because they both can't wear it so Neil's like fine I'll take mine off and it's just a dicky <laughs> it's the greatest um so they go you know and they play of course uh spin the bottle 
which is, you know, it's just like everyone. They weirdly play with like an old wine bottle. Did you ever play Spin the Bottle? I did. I did not. Really? I was just going to say everyone has played Spin the Bottle. No. Here you are. Apparently 50% of this room has played (laughs) Spin the Bottle. Um, But yeah, it's super lame. And it's like, I don't know, you like feel like you're doing something bad, but it's actually like very sort of like innocent. Yeah. But they play where if you get the same person three times, then you have to do seven minutes in heaven. And so, of course, who like has to do seven minutes in heaven? But Bill and Vicky. Poor Neil. Neil, Poor Neil. loves Vicky. Neil loves Vicky. And Nikki's such a bitch to Bill. The first time they kiss, she makes him kiss her hand. And then, and then cheek. And then cheek. And then they go to Seven Minutes in Heaven. And just sit there. They sit there for a very long time. And she's like, don't even think about it. Like, she's so mean. And then Bill finally is like... You're terrible. Like, I don't even want to kiss you. Why would you think I would want to kiss you? Like, he stands up for himself, and it's awesome. Don't even think about it, okay? I wasn't thinking about anything. Good. That fabric softener smells good. Just stay away from me, okay? You're not going to touch me, and you are definitely not going to kiss me. Got it? You know, you know what? You're a jerk. Excuse me? You're a jerk. I was just trying to make small talk. I couldn't be less happy to be in here with you. So quit acting like I'm hoping I can kiss you. It's actually the last thing that I want to do right now. You know what, Bill? I'm, I'm sorry. Okay, that, that wasn't nice of me. Don't worry about it. You only have three minutes and 26 26 seconds left in heaven. Then they start talking about, like, movies and stuff. Yeah, and, and she realizes that what? he's very funny. And then they hardcore make out. Yeah. Like, Vicky's past the seven minutes. Oh, yeah, and Neil's yelling at them. But I, my favorite part of the makeup party is when Cindy and Sam go into, like, a bedroom. Oh, so awkward. It's brutally it's awkward. <laughs> Sam looks terrified. And because he, like, doesn't really know what he's doing. I think I was going to say, I think this is presumably his first kiss, but it's not because she kisses him in school for the first time. I don't remember. And same thing with my so-called life. People are making out in the hallway all the time. Are people making out in your high school? Not really. I honestly don't. Maybe because I was not making out in the hallways at high school. I don't remember. But it seems very—I feel like teachers would not have been down with this. Yeah. They were like— Hot and heavy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a lot of, like, when Daniel and Kim, like, make, it's, I don't know. But to have your first kiss with the girl you've been, like, obsessed with for years. Like, in the hallway in front of your friends? Yeah. It's weird. I don't know. It creeps me out. And he wasn't ready for it, so he's just, like, standing there. like Yeah. And what? again, she's so tall, and so she's, like, leaning. Like, I don't know. It, the more Cindy Sanders sucks. I don't like her at all. Um, and so then the second half of this episode is... Lindsay, well, really, it's like a very Nick-oriented episode. So Nick is Jason Segel, and he finally—his dad had given them this ultimatum that, like, if you don't get your grades up, one, you have to, like, go to the Army, which is very devastating. But Nick comes home, and his drum kit, his 29-piece drum kit is gone. And his dad has had enough of his, like, being a slacker. And sells it or gives it away or whatever. And Nick loses his shit. Like, if we know anything about Nick, it's like drums are his life. Even though he can't play. I was going to say he's not great. <laughs> he just loves Rush. He's passionate about John Bonham. He's devastated. <laughs> yeah, he's devastated when John Bonham dies. Um, but so he doesn't, he doesn't know what to do. And so he obviously he and his dad get in this huge fight. And he runs away, basically. And he ends up—he sleeps on at Ken's house for a night. He sleeps at Daniel's house for a night. And now mm. he ends up with the Weirs. Lindsay doesn't want him there. Lindsay says no. Like, she's like, no way would my parents allow this. And then he just shows up. He stops up. by for dinner. Yeah. And he—I quote, he's, he invites himself to dinner, and he's like, wow, this worked out so well. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like, not premeditated. Jason Siegel is the best at playing, like, a slightly creepy guy or, like, slightly creepy boyfriend. Totally. He's so creepy, but, like, in an earnest yeah. kind of way. Like, it's coming from a good place. It's so genuine. <laughs> so he ends up staying there 
what seems to be like multiple days. Yeah. Like three, I would say like three days. Um, but what Lin- frustrates Lindsay the most is that Lindsay's dad like really takes to Nick. And yeah, he's like supporting his dreams. Yeah, like he, and he's showing him on like these great like jazz drummers and all this stuff, and they're really kind of bonding. And Lindsay and pays for a drum lesson. Oh yeah, I forgot about that part. Like is putting out money. Like and Lindsay's just which like, what? by the way he just he learns a paradiddle, and that's like the only thing I know. Oh, the like how to like because drum. of like sitting in band class. Yeah, <laughs> we were very excited. Yeah. Um, but the best part of this entire episode is when he is sleeping on the couch and he goes to Lindsay's room to like knock on the door to like just say thank you or whatever and he's wearing not even tidy whities he's wearing what like appears like to a be, weird speedo yeah like women's underwear basically and then Lindsay ends up like coming out of the hall it's like whispering outside her door oh, in that it's in those underwear yeah like if you told me it was a thong, I wouldn't be shocked. It's not, but I yeah. would just be like, oh, yeah, that makes it's sense. It's like bikini style for men. Yeah. And, you know, so this whole episode is incredibly kind of, um, like, comical. Obviously, like, Vicky and Bill, that's, like, a ridiculous situation. Nick in his underwear is totally ridiculous. But really at the root of it, like, the Nick, his dad, and then Lindsay's dad storyline yeah. is really sad. And oh, it's yeah. And it's just, like— all Nick really wants, and that's, again, coming back to people being good people, is he just wants to be accepted, and he just wants a little bit of acknowledgement from his dad that, like, you're, I'm into what you're into. Like, I'm proud of you for, you know, putting your energy towards something that you love, and he just doesn't get that from his father at all, and so he's, like, soaking it up when yeah. Mr. Weir— And the two dads kind of, like, have it out a little. Yeah, a little bit. And— yeah, because at the end, Nick does eventually go home because his Cause dad comes to collect He's like, collect how old him. is your son? And Sam's only like, what, 15? 14 or something. Yeah, 15. He's like, wait till he turns 16. I'm like, what? That's not going to make that much a difference. Sam's like a good kid. Sam's a super <laughs> good kid into Dungeons and Dragons. Like, I don't know. But um, yeah, so that one, it's just, it's it gets, you get everything in there. You get like the freaks, you get the geeks, you get ridiculous situations, and you get like a little bit of heart. And we know how I like a little bit of heart. Yeah. Um, and so that one is my favorite. But then we have a we have a mutual favorite. Uh, It's called Tricks and Treats, episode three. Uh, Sam wants one last Halloween begging for candy before he and his friends are too old. Though Lindsay and her friends take a different approach and begin wrecking havoc. So you, what percentage of you loves this episode because it's Halloween? Like sixty percent. Yeah. I mean, I can see why though. But before we really get into this episode, can we just talk about how we don't like the My So Called Life Halloween episode? I hate both the My So Called Life Halloween and And Christmas. Christmas. I don't understand why they're so like it's a holiday, so we can have like a ghost in both of them. I know, like the. I'm angry thinking about the My So Called Life Halloween episode. It doesn't make any sense. It's stupid. Although Rayanne looks badass as a vampire. Yeah. I mean, she needs that. But, okay. Back to Freaks and Geeks. So when I think about Freaks and Geeks, like, just this episode, this is what I think about. Like, is them going trick-or-treating? Although I will say, I said this the other day, it bothers me that it is broad daylight when they're trick-or-treating. Well, Halloween, like, the trick-or-treating hours there are, like, six hours long. I guess, Because it's daylight, and then it ends at night, and Lindsay's, like, changed into that prince costume, Mm -hmm. and, like, they're still— they're, They're still, still trick-or-treaters? Trick yeah. So Sam and his friends go out trick-or-treating, even though it's, like, they're four, 14 or 15. Like, oh, they're too old. I would love to still trick-or-treat. I know, but they're they're too old. But they don't look I too went old trick-or-treating when I was 15. That I was think, the last time I went. Yeah, I think I might have gone in, like, eighth grade or seventh grade, and that was it. One house did ask if we were a little too old, mm-hmm. and we said no. Ha-ha. <laughs> and they gave us candy, so. Suckers. Um, Jokes on them. My favorite part of this is when Bill is dressed as the bionic woman. And that the whole segment of him getting ready and, like, the lipstick. I have montage in bold. <laughs> I love a good montage, yeah, uh-huh. and especially—it's a Halloween montage. Yeah. And, and it's Bill. Bill, Bill. On, like, yeah, Bill on the phone yeah, as my uncle. <laughs> totally, when he's, like, talking, he's like, Ugh. And he's, like, stuffing his bra, and he can't figure out what to wear. Um, yeah, that that whole thing is amazing. To gonna raise hell, cheap trick. Yeah. All the money went to music on the show. For sure. And so they go out trick-or-treating. They're, like, doing their thing. And Lindsay, like, with the freaks— 
they—Lindsay's supposed to hand up candy with her mom, which is, like, their tradition every single year. And her mom is also having, like, a come-to-Jesus moment because she has made the Halloween oh, that treats. looks so good. That okay, they're sugar cookies that are pumpkin-shaped. You love a sugar cookie. They so look—well, I love a Halloween one, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they look amazing. I want one so bad. But this is, like, 1980 with, like, razor blades yeah, and, like, don't take poison in your candy. Poison, like, don't take homemade things. You know, like, a lot of fear around Halloween yeah. back in this time. And so satanic she's Satanic panic is beginning. <laughs> Did you say satanic panic? Yeah. I love that. Um, and she is getting shamed by all these moms. Like, and kids are just throwing her cookies, like, out on the lawn because the other mothers are like, no, don't take that candy. And so she's, like, feeling very sad. Lindsay has ditched her. That kind of whole thing is, like, a little— Yeah, it's a bummer. It's a little bit of a bummer. These are so cute. But, you know, Jean, they train the kids not to take unwrapped foodstuffs. You should see all the parents are dumping the cookies on your lawn. They're all covered with ants. What? Well, happy Halloween. I give up. But she puts Mr. Weir in a vampire costume. Which is great. And I'm, what is, what's his name? Joe um, Flatterty? Is that oh, how you yeah, say it? Dad. Mm-hmm. He, Flaherty, um, yeah, Flaherty. He was on SCTV, as, and he played um, a Count Floyd, and it's like the same outfit. Uh-huh. So I think it's like... An homage. homage to that, Ooh. yeah. But so Lindsay goes out with the freaks, and they decide that they're gonna like they're gonna like egg, like how like well they smash it? pumpkins first, which I love. <laughs> when she gets her foot stuck yeah. in the pumpkin, she can't do. And it. like Mr. Ro- they smash Mr. Rosso's, and then he yeah. comes out with like a new pumpkin to replace <laughs> it immediately. Is that the episode they also smash the mailboxes? Mm, Are they special maybe. the mailboxes then, too? Um, so, I mean, they're just being 17, 16-, 17-year-old kids, like, total kind of jerks. But it's, like, what you do, I guess. I mean, I didn't, but I, didn't I assume the cool kids did things like that. Um, I don't know. And then, so they have all these eggs, and they just start sort of, like, launching them. And, of course, like, who do they hit with these eggs? But Sam. Not even they. It's who does Lindsay Lindsay hit with these eggs? Her own brother. Oh, it's so soul crushing. And Sam's like in his like like robot costume. Like he's like a mess. Like he's all like lumbering around. And then he's just covered in eggs. Like devastating. Demoralizing, humiliating, like, oh, just a punch in the gut. But she she recognizes right away that it's him. And she, like, they stop the car, and she goes and, like, yeah. tries to console him. Didn't, didn't work too late. <laughs> too late. Didn't, didn't go well. And I think this is, you know, one of those moments in the show where you start to see where Lindsay's, like, at this schism point where she's like, well, but I'm not, I'm not a shitty person that's egging my brother and doesn't care about it. Yeah. We're just, like, egging geeks just because. But she also still wants to, like, maintain her friendships with these, with these other kids. And I think— at the end, she, like, ultimately goes home and puts on this, like, prince costume that her mom— <laughs> It's supposed to be a princess. Yeah, that her mom gets her and tries to, like, make up for her wrongdoings and helps her mom hand out more homemade— No, at that point, they go get candy. Yeah. Um, candy, but it's, um, like— Another thing from this episode that's not Halloween-related is the very beginning. That's great, where they make that blender drink for Build-A-Drink. Oh, it's so gross, and they put, like, anchovies and chocolate yeah. syrup. That's just a fun thing <laughs> that I—I I, I like it because um, they're all, like, genuinely laughing. Yeah. And it's, like, a fun thing they're doing. It's, like, something that, like, teenage boys would do. Yeah. And they give them, like, $5 or something. But he likes it. It's, like, a weird cold open to that show. Um but yeah, so that episode I think just kind of gives you it gives you a good snapshot of like what the show is like yeah. overall, and, and you get Halloween in it, so and you can't lose without being like super Halloween. Yeah, it made me want to go like have a Halloween in the suburbs, though. Oh, for sure, I love it. A good uh, here, you know, the people go to Sherman Oaks and Studio City. That I went. Like from all over Boney Island. Yeah, I know oh. people that get like three thousand pieces of candy who oh my, live in the I'm valley. I'm gonna go trick or treating. I'm short enough. <laughs> I can just wear a mask. That'd be amazing. She's like, "Hey, I'll please, sir, may I have some more?" Um, okay, so that's how we feel about freaks and geeks. All what right. are 
I'm just like already tired. Yeah, I'm already tired talking about my so-called life because it is so real. So real. So like where Freaks and Geeks definitely shines and like there are those like light, funny, kind of like upbeat moments. My so-called life has none of those. Zero. It's not... uh, no, I'm trying to think of, like, something that's, like, truly funny. There are some things, like, when uh, Sharon's parents have that, like, weird sex tape that's but I not feel really like a sex tape, it's that's still, funny. It's not the same level of funny. No, and it's not—it it doesn't have as much of a balance. It's very much, like, a drama. Um, but so what, 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 what are our favorite— episodes of my cell called life okay we actually had the same favorite did, episodes which, which is, i found very surprising mm-hmm. but the first one is life of brian mm. it's um first of all in the perspective of brian krakow yeah which is very sort of there um, are only two episodes yep then there's a the different POV. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah um, but Brian is caught between taking angela or a new girl at school to a dance ricky has a crush on a new student so much like Tricks and Trees, some of and Geeks, when I think about my so-called life, this is the episode that I think about. And there's so too, much obviously. in this episode that is incredibly brutal. And just like, like just so Brian, there's this new girl Delia in school. And she's played by this very sort of like lovely, ebullient, curly-haired girl. Maybe like, you know, a little chubby, but very like adorable and cute. And she inexplicably has a crush on Brian, like out the gate. Yeah. She's been there for like a she's minute. Nuts. Yeah. What's wrong there? Because up rewatching this, I was like, do I hate Brian? <laughs> I yeah. was just so like, he's a disaster and I can't fix him. But then this episode you like hear like from his point of view mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, okay, I don't hate you. I know. You're just trying and you're a mess. I have a note about Delia that says, I love Delia Fisher. I am Delia Fisher. <laughs> she's, she's so cheery and awkward. <laughs> and like all of So that. you want to be Rayanne, but you are Delia Fisher. A hundred percent. I'm a little bit Delia Fisher, a little bit Sharon. Want to be Rayanne, one hundred percent. Yeah, but so, I'm probably a Brian. <laughs> That's probably why I hate it so much because I am. Yeah, <laughs> you like if you spot it, you got it. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's you with Brian Krakow. Um, but so he asks through some coercing from Sharon. He actually asks Delia to this dance. It's like a. It's not like a save the world. It's like. People be happy dance. They have like some lame ass theme. And she says yes. She's like very excited to go. And then almost immediately through like a weird kind of loop-de-loop of like Ricky wants to go to this dance with this boy, Corey. I have such a crush on Corey. He's so attractive. Looks a little bit like Steve from Full House. At times, yeah. Yeah. Um, And, like, Rayanne, of course, being her chaotic Tasmanian devil self, like, mixes in and, like, Like, yeah, we'll all go together. Just kidding. We're not. Yeah, just kidding. I'm not going to be there. And then Angela's like, well, but I need to go to, like, be there with Ricky. But, like, I can't go. So she basically asks Brian Krakow to take her to the dance. But she thinks Delia's still coming. Yes. Just and, to, like, tag along. Yeah, and when she says take, I think she just means, like, can I have a ride? Mm-hmm. But, of course, Angela makes everything hyper-complicated in her awkwardness. And then Brian secretly loves Angela. Yeah. And so... So he ends up breaking Delia's heart in the worst way. The worst. By, like, being honest. Way. <laughs> he also goes to her work and, like, has her take a break to talk to him and then is like, oh, actually, I have this other Ugh. thing. I mean, he just, he can't. And she calls him out to her credit. Yeah. She's like, if it's another girl, like, I don't care who you asked first. Like, you should go with who you want to go with. So, of course, she's, like, delightful. And he's like, I want to go with this other girl. Ugh. And it just she wells up. The tears in her eyes are welling. We'll have to find a clip yeah. of this because— it's- the worst. It's oh, so uncomfortable. Oh my gosh. And so Brian feels like, all right, that was painful. He ripped off this band-aid. But now he's going to the dance with Angela, his like true love. How are you? <laughs> Brian. <laughs> I only have like a minute. So Right. So it's sort of about the dance. Oh. It turns out that I kind of forgot. You know, about this other commitment that I already had. It's kind of, you know, special or whatever. So I... Of all the stupid things I've said, which are like countless, 
I've never wanted to take something back more than that one. Maybe we can go somewhere else sometime. I mean, catch a movie or whatever. This other commitment. You said another girl or something? Brian, look. It doesn't matter who you told first. You know, if it was her, if it was me. You should go with who you want to go with. Just be honest with me, please. Okay. So I guess I would. You would what? Rather go. You know, with her. <laughs> I'm really sorry. It would be really good if you would leave. Delia. I'm, I'm so upset because it's so it's so tough. So the whole episode we're getting to the dance. We but get the dance is where things happen. The dance the dance is the show is for the me. Show. Me too. So much happens in the last like 20 15 minutes of the show that are just the show to me. So Ricky's there, he's talking to Corey. And they're just, like, chatting, and Corey's like, oh, where's Rayanne? And Ricky's under the impression— like, didn't, sh- didn't she tell you? Yeah. She's not coming. Of course, there's this miscommunication, and we can't really get a sense of, like, you know, is Corey also gay? Like, what—it's it, very all sort of vague. Yeah. And then he has this, like, heartbreaking exchange with Angela where he says, I belong nowhere with no one. I don't fit. Oh. And I was just like— <sighs> Like, we've all felt that as a 15, 16-year-old, and it was just like, oh, Ricky, and you have an extra layer on top of it. It was, just, it was too much. But then he asked Delia to dance, and they dance. They dance. To what is love. Yeah, which is perfect. I mean, everything about it. As someone who has spent their childhood, like, obsessed with Night of the Roxbury. Yeah. Of course, I love this choice. He's wearing a sick vest. She's wearing a sick baby Amazing doll Amazing pelvic thrusting. So much happening. Like, his eyeliner's looking great. And she's having the time of her life. It's a very— Brian's jealous, you know, as he should be. Yeah. You know what it reminds me of, though? It's very, like, Ty— um, Josh? Clueless. Yeah, Ty yeah. and Josh and Clueless. Even the curls. Yeah, the curls, but, like, not as good at dance moves, but it's very, like, oh, like, you're new, like, let's dance together, whatever. It's yeah. very, very sort of sweet. Meanwhile, though? Meanwhile. I mean, we've talked—I talked about Meanwhile. this in the first episode we've, we ever did. The why are you like this moment That's happens, what happens at the dance outside. Yeah. So she—Angela's outside. She's consoling Ricky. That's where he has this, like, I don't fit moment. Jordan, inexplicably at the dance. Like, it's like, that. why would he go to the dance? That's not something that he would do. And he is leaving, and he stops and turns around because he sees her. By the way, during this point, I noticed his chain wallet, which I was like, oh. Oh, I did not 90s. notice. Yeah, I have a note. I'm like, oh, chain wallet, dead. And then, yeah, that's the why I like this. She's like, like what? Like how you are. And then just leaves. And then just leaves. It's too much. You like this? Like what? Look how you are. Hey, Jordan, you coming or not? How am I? Also, question. You know at the end when they're dancing with Ricky and Delia are dancing Mm -hmm. and Sharon and her boyfriend are looking on and he's kind of like too into it? Yeah. Are we meant to think that maybe he's like... I don't think so. I think he's just into the... Dancing. He's into what is love. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. It felt like a weird kind of like long stare. But yeah, that episode to me is the show. And it's right in the middle. It's like episode 11. And so I feel like it kind of like yeah. reaches this crescendo. It's my favorite Jordan Angela moment. Mm-hmm. Although the episode Pressure, the mm, one yeah. that's all about mm-hmm. like sex. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, when he holds her hand in the hallway. Yes. Okay. So at this point when you watch the show, you like hate Jordan, kind of. You're like, oh, this is the worst. Yeah, this is not going to work out. And then he just, like, walks down the hallway. I was—I gasped and stood up. Mm -hmm. What? No, my note is, I remember feeling this. Like, Jordan, (laughs) what are you doing to me? You are fictional. (laughs) You're a 17-year-old boy. What's happening? Um, 
Okay, I feel like we have to move on to right, our next we have to. mutual favorite. Uh, the next one we love is the zit. Yes. Okay. A list makes the rounds at school rating the sophomore girls. Ugh. Rayanne and Sharon are on it, but not Angela. Patty wants Angela to join in in a mother-daughter fashion show. The poll. Uh, this, I feel like, is like a, a thing that you see in a lot of kind of TV shows about teenagers. Like, this never really happened yeah. at my school. I'm sure people, like, talk about it. It's like, you know— but, it never but it's just, like, who's the hottest? Who has the biggest boobs? Like, yeah. all that Who has the best stuff. legs? Fun fact, though, Ooh. the sophomore girl list are all um, female crew members from the show. Like, the real names? Yeah. That's amazing. The first thing, they were like, oh, hottest girl. And it's this girl, Casey Hall. And then they show her. And I'm like, that girl's not pretty. That's not the hottest girl. No, and Angela's like, she's the hottest girl in our school. Maybe the world. And I'm like, Angela, slow your roll. Like, <laughs> Angela, we know you're dramatic, but come on. <laughs> it's too much. But so it's this whole thing. And, of course, Sharon gets voted, like, best boobs or something. Rayanne's, like, best slut potential yeah, or something, which potential. is a very weird category. Also, though, it kind of feels like she might already have, like, achieved that goal. Like, I feel like Rayanne's kind of, like, making— I don't know. I she's think she's kind of all talk. Oh, yeah. That's true. We do see her, like, in a lot of Cars with Boys, but we don't see, like, really Riding in Cars with Boys? That Drew Barrymore movie? <laughs> yes. That, that's what we see. But so, you know, Sharon's really uncomfortable. Like, all these people now are, like, staring at her chest. Like, it's a weird, you know, it's a weird kind of thing going on. And then the other story is, like, mother-daughter dynamic. Yes. And I made a note, would a jade roller fix Patty's insecurities? <laughs> I wrote, Patty's a little late to this anti-aging game. Like, yeah. she is 40, and she gets very... Uh, concerned about, like, is she looking old? Yeah, she's looking like that. worried about looking old. What Angela is worried about, like, a zit. Um, I have a quote. It was all I could feel, all I could think about. It blotted out the rest of my face, the rest of my life. Like, the zit had become the truth about me. <laughs> so dramatic. That's basically the show in a nutshell. My note about the zit is that I had terrible skin, and I would have oh, killed for just one zit. Yeah. I mean, it's a huge zit, but— if that was my only thing I had to deal with, Fine. I would have felt great about it. But yeah, Angela has a very sort of contentious, angsty relationship with her mom. And they've always previously done this weird mother-daughter fashion show where the moms, like, make the dresses. And then they walk down this runway together. So it's real hokey and cheesy. But, but her younger sister, Danielle, really wants to be a part of it. Yeah, and poor Danielle. Because she gets ignored straight up. Straight up ignored the whole time. And I think— what, they're probably, like, three years apart. She's maybe, like, 12, 11. How old do you think she is? Probably you know? 12. Yeah. She's, 12. like, she's in middle school, and she's, like, kind of annoying. But she's like, a crush on Brian. She's a crush on Brian Greco. Um, but the reason, <laughs> the reason I love this episode is that it is ridiculous, like, but also very— the essence of the show. Like, my note is, without Claire Danes, the show is ridiculous because she— is such an amazing actress yeah. that she makes it so real and believable. It's crazy to me that, one, she was 13. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. But they would pull her from class, like actual school, to go do, like, a very emotional scene, and then she would go back to school. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like, if you didn't have her as the lead actress, like, this show would have jumped the shark after, like, episode one because it's so melodramatic, but— emotional and real and like she makes it believable and if you didn't have that it would just be like that quote is ridiculous about her zit like that's insane I know but you you really feel it I will say so we get to the end Angela has committed to doing the fashion show and she's hemming and hawing and she like goes back and forth a couple times with her mom and ultimately she's like I'm not I'm not gonna do it but she like tells her mom that Danielle wants to do it her little sister and they do do it. And I feel like there's a nice message at the end. Yeah. Sometimes it seems like we're all living in some kind of prison. And the crime is how much we hate ourselves. It's good to get really dressed up once in a while and admit the truth. That when you really look closely, people are so strange and so complicated that they're actually beautiful. Possibly even me. 
It's very sweet. It's very, like, female positive. Yeah. Mine is the fact that all of the dresses that everyone makes are hideous. (laughs) Well, (laughs) it was 1994, and they're going to Joanne Fabrics and, like, buying those packets. Yeah. what I'm talking about. It was rough. Um, But Angela gets really emotional at the end, and it's— the cry face. The cry face. The signature Dane's face. The signature Dane's cry face was strong from the get-go. And I just like I just like that, you know, even in all of her angst and frustration with her mom, like, she still does love her family. And, like, they still do have, like, a pretty good relationship. Angela's just trying to, like, tank it. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. There's something about this episode that is just kind of like charming yeah. to me. But I think it almost falls into like an after school special because it's about like insecurities and girls shouldn't tear each other down and yes. all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think we should get into the heavy hitters. There are definitely some heavy hitters. I mean, basically every op- episode of these shows is a must At least my so-called life is like, ugh. Yeah. Oh, stop. Like, no. Okay, I get it. A lot of bold and caps in my in my uh, notes of being like, what is happening? Um, but okay, so what, how, define how you would say, like, very special episode. So just like after school special? Kind of, like things that cover issues, maybe like the writers or show creators thought, like, we should touch on this. Mm-hmm. This is going to be an important thing. Right. Um, some or just an episode that might have a mess, strong message. Okay. So, what is your first sort of very special episode? Let's okay. start with my so-called life. Okay, guns and gossip. Ooh, good one. <laughs> episode three. They go with guns. Episode three. three. Yeah. Right up. Real. Gate. Yeah. Okay. So, a gun goes off in school, and Ricky is involved. A rumor makes the rounds at Liberty High that Angela slept with Jordan. Right. Okay. So for this, I think it was just kind of like a hot topic. You like, it's guns. 1994, yeah. and they get, like, security in schools and all of that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But the episode's mostly about Angela and Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> so I think they just wanted to touch on, like, guns. <laughs> hey, we're hey. a hot, hot, hot topic. Yeah. The one thing that's weird to me at the beginning of this episode, they're watching um, the—they're watching, like, the Kennedy assassination or something. They're watching, like, some um, historical moment in class, and she's talking about how— her generation has no, like, where was I moment. Mm-hmm. And it's so weird to think about this show. I mean, it's pre-9-11. And yeah. so it's like, well, just wait for it, girl. Like, it's coming. Like, you don't want it. Yeah, I'm like, it's not great. Um, and also then just, like, how guns in school were treated then versus, like, when you think about, like, guns in school now. And unfortunately, it's too common now. Way, way too common, unfortunately. But so basically there's, like, a scuffle they're all in class. They hear this scuffle, and a gun, a gun goes off. A gun goes off. Of course, Brian Krakow witnesses everything. <laughs> he's always there. Brian, he's so trusty, and he's just omnipresent. But the gun shoots no one. It nope. shoots a pop can. Yep. Shoots a locker with a soda bottle in it, and the soda's, like, streaming <laughs> What I love is, like, hole. that person, like, whose locker it is, yeah. is upset. Like, she's that's, so upset. That's my soda. Yeah, she's devastated that her soda, and she was like, I was thinking about that soda. I really wanted my soda. What if I'd been out in the hall yeah. getting my soda? And I'm like, okay, girl, we get it. Your soda You're fine, though. is fine. And then it kind of kicks off this whole long thing. It's almost like a, like a witch hunt to figure out, you know, who had the gun? Why did they have the gun? Yeah. All of this stuff. And Ricky, Ricky's he, very defensive about it yeah, in class. He, he almost kind of like self-incriminates, even though, again, it wasn't his gun. He was kind of involved. We can talk about that. Yeah, well, maybe not everybody's left alone anyway. Meaning what? You don't know what goes on around here, okay? Maybe some people have guns for, like, to protect yourself. Maybe some people who have guns are, like, victims, too. And they're, like, forced to carry. You think kids with guns are, like... Gangsters or dealers. What you're saying that if somebody's threatened, that it's okay for them to carry a gun in school? You don't think the school authorities can protect them? Man, you don't know what goes on around here. Yes. If I was, say I was threatened, and I'm not saying that I am, I'd be packing in no time. But he talks about how, you know, the teachers don't really know what's going on at the school, and like, because Ricky's getting bullied yeah. constantly, and people might need something to protect themselves yeah. and all that stuff. And so it kind of leads the administration, like the principal, to think, you know, what's going on here or whatever. And so they start 
looking more closely at Ricky, but really they're just like putting the pressure on Brian Krakow because they they know Brian Krakow is gonna crack out. Yeah, Krakow is gonna crack. <laughs> Krakow is gonna crack, and he can't he can't handle the pressure. Um, but ultimately he does, and he doesn't he doesn't rat anybody out. And, and it's kind of uh, the like the budding friendship of Ricky and Brian. Mm-hmm, for sure. Because there's like this then mutual trust. And really what we learn is that it was Ricky's cousin that brings the gun to school. And Ricky's like, what are you doing? Why do you have this gun at school? And then they were tussling over it. Yeah. And it went off. I mean, it could have been way worse. <laughs> Meanwhile, Brian started that rumor about Angela and Jordan. Brian, what are you doing? What are you doing? Why would you it, tell? There's a note that said Angela Chase and Jordan Catalano had complete, complete sex in his car. <laughs> Can you believe her? What is complete sex? Like, <laughs> that's my note for this. I was just like, that actually made me laugh out loud. Like, complete sex. Like, okay. Um, it's so awkward. It's also really awkward that then you see Jordan Catalano playing basketball in gym in his jeans. Yeah. Like, Do you not own shorts, Jordan? Probably not. Probably. So awkward. Um, but yeah, and then it becomes this whole big thing about like whether or not they like who started this rumor, like did he start it? Ran kind of like gets all up in his face about whether or not he's the one that started it. How do we actually learn that Brian started it? I don't remember right now. I'm drawing a blank. I don't know. But it ends up being like it ends up being kind of like a weird thing, and then Jordan, you know, kind of intimates like very casually to Angela. That's like, well, I mean, people are already talking about us having sex. Like, maybe we should just have sex. I was like, what? You guys awkwardly kissed one Once. time, and in you've the car. said five words to her. Yeah, you don't know how to spell her name. Like, okay, sure, let's just. And then, oh, and then he says like, you and I mean nothing to each other. And I was just like, Ooh. oh. There's so many just, like, punches in the face. But it's just all in all, it's like, you know, don't bring guns to school. Like, this is what could happen. Like, let's talk about this hot-button issue, but actually, let's talk about teen sex. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's really... talk about what the teens want to talk about. Let's talk about what the teens want to talk right. about. Do you want to introduce our second one for My So-Called Life? Yes. So the second kind of after-school special-esque episode is Resolutions. And it's a new year, and everybody's making resolutions. Ricky finds himself homeless once again, and Brian finds himself tutoring Jordan. Okay, so in the Christmas episode that we hate, so much hate. Ricky f- finds himself living with the chases. Yes. Much like Nick and the Weirs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so at the beginning of the New Year's episode, you know, Patty and Graham are talking about, like, how great it is to have Ricky around. He's so helpful. Right. Blah, blah, blah. They really come around on Ricky after the whole, like, yeah. drinking a beer incident where they realize it's not his beer. And then— like, when they think Ricky's gone, they're like, he's great, but he should go, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a little weird. Right. So Ricky lies, says he's made up with his aunt and uncle, and he's going to leave. Yeah, because he feels like he's overstayed his welcome. But his aunt and uncle has actually left town. What's going on? I don't know. I mean, first of all, why does Ricky even live with his aunt and uncle? Like, his parents—like, there's so much we didn't get to learn about Ricky that right. bothers me. He's such a wonderful character. I just have— Four notes where it's like Ricky's an angel. Ricky, Ricky is actually an angel. He's a delight. <laughs> like those, are, I love Ricky. He's so sweet. Um, and so yeah. So then, so he ends up homeless basically. Yep. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Katimsky, who's he, like the newer English teacher, yeah, the mm-hmm. cool, well, not the really cool one, no, not but really a cool, cool English yeah. teacher. Mm-hmm. Like, takes interest and notices what's going on. Um, they try to like get him in a pride house, like a halfway house, right. but he gets waitlisted. So how do you do that to, like, a 16-year-old kid? Like, yeah. sure, we'll put you on this wait list. Like, where else, where else are you going to go? Mr. Katimsky, like, took an interest in Ricky right away. Yeah. Because he wants him to, like, be in the drama club. And you don't really know why until this episode. Yes, exactly. And it turns out Mr. Katimsky is also gay. Yes. He and his partner live together. Yes. And Ricky shows up at his door one night, and I cried. <laughs> and I cried. And then ultimately he ends up. Taking him in. Yeah. Yeah. Like secretly kind of living there. Yeah. It's very, I mean, Ricky's got a lot on his plate. Like, first of all, he's Hispanic in what appears to be a relatively white school. There's definitely like some minorities. He's gay 
or just, like, exploring his sexuality. And, like, abused by his family. Abused. Now he's homeless. Like, it's just, like, Ricky can't win. No, Ricky can't win. It's a He lot. needs someone to fight for him, which <laughs> is why Mr. Katimski is so great. I love when he goes to the chases and goes off and makes Patty cry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's badass. Because Patty's, like, a total badass normally, and then she gets put in her place. Yeah. It's great. Um... I feel like that's kind of the main part of yeah. that episode. Um, <clears throat> I'm dying. I'm good. Okay. You're fine. Um, do we want to talk about Brian and Jordan at all? It's mostly—it's like a Ricky episode. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I think our next favorite episode is Choken and Token. Okay. So Choken and Token, Freaks and Geeks, Freaks and Geeks. is about uh, Lindsay decides to try pot and ends up late for a babysitting job. <laughs> Bill has an allergic reaction to peanuts. Right. I think it's kind of a lesson in both, in a way, but yeah. mostly the peanut thing. Mostly the peanut thing. And, I mean, I think the other one, like, obviously we've talked about guns and, like, you know, teen homosexuality and homelessness. Like, this one's a little bit lighter when you think about kind of the issue. Yeah. But Bill literally almost, almost dies from a peanut allergy because freaking dick uh, Alan <laughs> squints, puts peanuts in his sandwich because he doesn't believe that he's allergies are so real. Guys. He's really <laughs> allergic. He ends up in a coma like for multiple days. It's horrible. <laughs> so sad. And then, yeah, Lindsay decides that she's going to smoke pot for the first time, which this is episode, I think, 13. And she's been hanging out with these guys for a really long time. It's actually kind of miraculous that she hasn't smoked yeah. pot up until this point. Well, it's like Nick's on a dry spell. Yeah. And then he's like, hey, I have some weed. Do you want to try some? Right. But so she does it herself. Like, she rolls, rolls a joint, like, figures it out herself. Yeah? Yeah. And then— realizes that she's supposed to babysit. And who, of course, comes to her rescue? She's a total mess. She's angry. She's, like, all over the place. I have a note that is like, this is how I envision Natalie would be if she ever got that um, But, of course, who comes to the rescue? Millie. Millie. Just always there for her whenever she needs her. And she goes also, if I were a parent and the girl who's babysitting for me, like, brings another girl, I'd be like, hmm, this is weird. Yeah. But Thanks. I think it's just, like, 1980 suburbs. It's fine. Yeah, that's true. And it's Millie. If you're in the town and you know Millie, yeah, it's fine. Millie's got this. Your your kids are, are going to be okay. Um, but so, you know, Lindsay, the whole time is just like, why do people do this? Like, she goes into a dark place yeah. when she's high and then they start talking about god and like whether or not life is real and she thinks that it all starts with that dog yeah she thinks the dog is having a dream that's really their entire existence and so she's very nervous that if the dog wakes up then they all are obliterated it's very comical but it it definitely doesn't do it definitely doesn't glamorize drugs at all no the whole time you're like this is she's a mess get it yeah. together um, but then the, on the bill side, it's devastating. Yeah, Leslie Mann is the yeah. guest star She's, as the teacher, mm-hmm, who was was at this point already married to Judd Apatow. I looked it up. Yeah, um, but wearing she's, a lot of headbands, a lot of headbands. But she looks great still. Yeah, she aged real well. I love Leslie Mann. My favorite and surprise of the season is that Bill's mom is a, is a babe. babe. A I made a note of that too. Babe, like and I was like, you find out she was like was a stripper. She was a stripper. She was not the greatest mom when Bill was pre- when she was pregnant. Yeah, with Bill. it sounded like she was drinking. Kind of confesses a little. Yeah, she tells Mrs. Weir that she was like popping pills and like drinking and stuff, and so she's she's feeling very guilty that like a lot of Bill's problems. I don't think peanut allergies are directly related to like you <laughs> popping pills when you're pregnant. Well, she she thinks so. she thinks so for sure, and so um, it's just. The whole episode is is very dramatic. It's most of it's spent in the hospital. And then eventually Alan, who's the the tormentor, the bully, comes to the hospital to apologize. I mean, he's forced yeah. by his father. But he gets pretty emotional. He gets very emotional. And again, what you realize is that like he feels left out. Like he loves a lot of the things that the geeks like, like science fiction and all this stuff. And he's acting out because he's insecure. And like he, everyone on the like show. everyone on the show. I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to put you in the hospital. Just goofing on you. And, you know, it's it's not like you guys have ever been nice to me. I remember like 
like in the fourth grade, I used to think you guys were like really cool. And this one time you brought a model of the Saturn V in for show and tell, and, and I asked you guys if I could shoot off rockets with you, and you said no. So, so what, I'm supposed to be all nice to you guys and stuff? I like comic books and science fiction too, but you guys never asked me to hang out. Please don't die, okay? I promise I'll never be mean to you again, even if you do something really stupid. Just don't die. It's a good reminder that one, allergies are very real. Yeah. And two, like, everybody's got their stuff, right? And three, can someone explain to me why both of these shows have to talk about the Grateful Dead? I don't like it. So much. Boring. So, so much Grateful Dead talk. It plays like a really integral role in, in both of them. I know. The Thanks. It's too much. Um, okay. So that's Token and Token. Then we have final, very special episode. The Little Things. This Freaks and Geeks episode. We touched is, on it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty important. Um, as McKinley High prepares for a visit from Vice President Bush, Ken and Sam must sort out conflicted feelings in their love lives. So this is, we talked about this in the first episode a little bit. This is the intersex episode. So essentially, Ken is dating Amy, and she tells him, basically, we also learn that Ken comes from a very rich family, but he was pretty much, like, raised by a nanny. Yeah. Um, And so he's feeling sort of upset and abandoned by his parents. So he tells this to Amy, and she then takes this as an in to, like, confess her secret as well. Mm-hmm. And so then she basically kind of defensively, like, sits up and explains, like, that when she was a a baby, she was born with, like, both male and female reproductive organs. And they—the doctors, like, with her parents made a choice as to, you know, whether she would be a boy or a girl. And she then says, like, and thankfully they made me a girl because I feel a girl. Like, that's who I am. Yeah. Which I was like, like, that was lucky. Yeah. One, that was lucky. But two, like— this, again, is supposed to be 1980 in the show. It is 1999 on, like, in on real television. time. Yeah, and then I was thinking about this last night. Remember in our Friends episode, we talked about the Thanksgiving with um, Brad Pitt and how they talk about the rumor mm-hmm. and the rumor that they start about Rachel it's like Green. It's like, she's offensive. A, yeah, that she's a hermaphrodite. Yeah. And it's like, so that's basically the same year, like, 1999, where you're, you have this Freaks and Geeks, like, intersex episode. Like, two takes on it. Two completely different takes. And it's just amazing that, like, that was even in the conversation. It's actually really funny that they're so kind of, like, opposites and, like, if they're funny or, like, offensive yeah. or not. Mm-hmm. Because I was reading something. It was, like, some Paul Feig stuff. Mm-hmm. And they said, like, it was kind of a, started as a joke, this oh, really? idea. Uh-huh. And it sounds bad because they yeah. were kind of like, what would, what would be the funniest thing to happen to Ken if he got a girlfriend? And right. it was, like, the joke was she, had, she would have a dick. Right. And, like, but from there, they made something, like, actually, like, good. Because then what happens is, so she she tells this to Ken, and he's kind of non-reactive. He doesn't really—but that's, like, totally in character, I think. Yes, for sure. And then it sets him down this spiral of kind of, like, figuring out how he feels about it. And so he then is like, am I gay? Like, again, he's—like, not—no one's really understanding the yeah. issue. But he then, like, goes and gets, like, a playboy and also then, like, a playgirl. It's so great, though, because I think—maybe not in today's, like, high schools, right. but mm-hmm. maybe back then, like, you wouldn't understand no. what's going on. And there wasn't anyone you could talk to or any, like—you couldn't look it up on the Internet. Like, you couldn't realize anything more. And no one knew anything more about it than you did. So even, like, talking to your friends or your parents or whomever wasn't going to give you any more information. And ultimately, he decides that he's, like, he doesn't know what to do, and he's uncomfortable, and he's going to break up with her. But after he has, like, a run-in with Sam, who's losing his mind about shitty Let's talk about this for a second. (laughs) Okay, Cindy is the worst. and worst. You know why? Because they go see The Jerk together, and she hates it. Anyone who doesn't like Steve Martin can just get out of my life. 100%. Who doesn't like The Jerk? Like, she 
hates it too, like viscerally. Hates Even in it. a previous episode, mm-hmm. she says to Bill, like she doesn't really watch TV except the Muppets. I have that as a note. And I was I like, go, something's Cindy, wrong with her. Cindy doesn't Don't watch trust TV. her. I know. <laughs> That's my note too. Um, and then she's like, will popcorn make this movie funnier? Bitch. No. I want to smack her. Will popcorn make you funnier, Cindy? <laughs> no. Oh my gosh. And so Sam is melting down in the bathroom. Like literally, he like throws up. He's like all nervous. In the turtleneck sweater because he got a hickey oh, that he didn't want. Yeah. And he's going to break up with her. And he's like, what am I doing? How am I breaking up with Cindy? Like, you don't break up with girls like Cindy, blah, blah, blah. So he, it's like this intersection between the freaks and the geeks in the bathroom. Ken is kind of vaguely aware that Sam is Lindsay's yeah. brother. But they have this whole thing. And Sam's like, oh, I have to break up with my girlfriend. Like, we're not having any fun. And, you know, Ken's like, well, actually, like, I have a lot of fun with my girlfriend, blah, blah, blah. And they, Like, she's great. Yeah. And then Sam, they kind of go back and forth. And both times, Ken is like, she's she's wonderful. She's perfect. And Sam just goes, then what's the problem? <laughs> yeah, and after that conversation, they both know what they've got to do. Yep. And so— Sam goes and breaks up with Cindy. Right before she introduces the vice president. Which is amazing. amazing. And Ken then goes and apologizes to Amy and then makes out with her, like, intertwined in her tuba. Yeah, because she's the tuba girl. Uh, One more thing about this episode. Ben Stiller is amazing. He plays a Secret Service agent (laughs) to the vice president and is having, like, a a career moment. And Mr. Rosso gives him a career test (laughs) to, like, figure (laughs) out what he should really be because he's like, no one cares about the vice president. You know how many assassination attempts there have been on the vice president? None, because no one cares. Um, but it was it's always delightful. The show really delights in guest stars. Yeah, it does. People pop up all over the place. It's great. Um, so those are, I think those are, those are our, our very faves. special episodes. We so, did it. We did it. I'm we tired, talked. actually. I know. Again, <laughs> exhausted and sweating. I'm sure everyone that listened is also tired, or the usual. So that's it for this week. Um, we'll tune in next Friday. We're going to go a little bit like behind the scenes and discuss how these cult classics came to be. This is where Natalie really shines. She's, Ugh, like, she's got her post. The pressure is on. I know. The pressure is on. But we'll, we'll give you a little inside scoop as to, as to what we know about these shows. Um, and as always, you, know, you guys can subscribe to the podcast Email us at hellofangirls at gmail.com if you've got—if you like Cindy, please tell us why. I need, I need to know. I need itemized list of her pros because mm-hmm. I got nothing but cons. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> Your voice nothing. got so deep. Because I hate—she's the worst. Um, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Twitter. Jam, guys. Everything. All right. We'll see you next Friday. Bye. Bye. Bye.